Here's your Wealth Professional Morning Briefing for Wednesday, April 5th. Last month was a big one for Canadian ETFs with a whopping $7 billion of inflows recorded. A new report from National Bank of Canada reveals that fixed income ETFs accounted for almost half of the inflows at $3.3 billion, led by long-term bonds, aggregate bonds and money market categories. But it was equity ETFs that saw the largest share of inflows at $3.7 billion, with international and Canadian equity funds favoured with $2.5 billion and $1.8 billion respectively. US equity funds posted withdrawal of more than half a billion. Financial sector ETFs attracted $1.4 billion of inflows and came mostly after the news broke about the collapse of US regional lender Silicon Valley Bank. Investors appear to have sought out financial sector investments without high exposure to regional banks, while others will have seen a buying opportunity amid the burgeoning crisis. There was also a billion dollars created in the real estate sector, attributed to an institutional investor's single block creation. This contributed the lion's share of $1.4 billion of inflows for thematic equity, low volatility ETFs. ETFs lost equity in March. Within fixed income ETFs, there were continued strong inflows for cash-like money market funds, attracting $854 million, while Canadian aggregate bond ETFs gained $976 million. Sub-investment grade bond and sub-investment grade bond and preferred share ETFs were out of favour last month. There were notable withdrawals from both cryptocurrency and commodity ETFs. For cryptos, despite more favourable prices for Bitcoin, outflows accelerated to $287 million, while commodity ETFs saw $34 million redeemed, despite gold prices nearing $2,000 per ounce. It turns out the biggest short in the banking industry anywhere in the world isn't in Switzerland or Silicon Valley, but in Canada. In recent weeks, short sellers have upped their bearish bets against TD and now have roughly $3.7 billion on the line according to an analysis by S3 Partners. That's the most among financial institutions globally and puts TD ahead of the likes of France's BNP Paribas and Bank of America. Bloomberg reports that part of it has to do with the general skittishness towards the banking sector after three US regional banks failed and Credit Suisse was forced into a shotgun wedding with UBS Group. Although there are few signs that Canadian lenders have any of the liquidity issues that investors have zeroed in on recently, analysts point to worries about TD's exposure to the country's housing slowdown, as well as its ties to the US market, including a planned regional bank acquisition. The world is changing fast, with technology offering new opportunities for growth, if businesses are positioned to embrace it. For investors, the companies that are built for the future offer greater returns already, according to a new report from the Boston Consulting Group. It found that just 6% of companies are currently future-built, but they are outperforming their peers, generating returns to shareholders almost three times that of the S&P 1200. A survey of 725 C-suite executives considers capabilities in five areas, shown in previous research to be fundamental to success – senior management commitments, strategy and approach, governance, people and technology. The report reveals six key areas that will enable future-built firms to access high-growth markets that less capable players will not. It also puts the companies surveyed into four groups. Those that are stagnating and still trying to figure out how to move forward, that makes up 30% of the sample. Those that are emerging with digital transformation underway but not much beyond the basics, that's 45% of the sample. Those that are scaling with sustainable and embedded digital and AI transformations delivering results, accounting for 19%, and those that are future-built and leading their sectors with resilience. This 6% are best placed to benefit from tech disruption. The best performers are excelling in technology, but also in areas such as sales and marketing and customer experience. These stories at wealthprofessional.ca and in our newsletters, plus raising Canada's retirement age. Does it really have to happen? 
A top advisor tells us how she and her team manage 435 client household accounts. And the Wealth Professional Awards 2023 excellent awardees are revealed. For Wealth Professional Canada, I'm Steve Randall.